If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, then welcome to the latest edition of the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where a couple guys who work in sports talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything and everything, just not sports. Today's show is a special Thanksgiving edition where we're giving thanks for one of the all-time greatest achievements in art, music, and culture, the battle of one-on-one between MJ and MJ, Michael Jordan, and Michael Jackson in the video for Jam. Oh, it's going to be a good, good Thanksgiving, guys. I am your co-host, Brad Burke. Happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. We didn't want to bother any guests this week. We're just doing it ourselves. I'm a sports marketer in Chicago, and with me in studio, he's a sports media strategist. He's worked for the University of Colorado. He's worked for the Green Bay Packers and many, many sports brands. It's Adam Willard. Adam, how are you today? I'm great. Can we just go with PR guy? All of that makes me sound much more important than I am. Do you prefer flack or flunky? Flunky's probably more accurate. <laughs> flunky, yeah. flack, mm-hmm. or gopher? I don't like gopher. Depends on if we're working Super Bowls and matching outfits, <laughs> then we're at gopher. That's a story <laughs> for another day. Adam, I want you to sit down on the bed. Your mom Whoa. and I your mom and I need to talk to you. Whoa. We love you. <laughs> this is taking a weird turn already. We we love you, buddy. You're so special to us. <laughs> but we're getting a new addition to the family. And I just think we don't want that to make you feel any less special. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Because on the phone <laughs> is our other co-host, oh, okay. who we're hearing from for the first time. He is an Emmy winner. He's a producer. And he's behind the scenes of the upcoming documentary, Get Your Popcorn Ready, Eight Great Weeks of the T.O. Show. It's Gareth Hughes in New York. Gareth, welcome. Finally, we hear from you. How are you? Gentlemen, thank you. It's glad uh, glad to join you. Um, a little late. Sorry about that. Uh, Adam, don't worry. There's plenty of love to go around. My wife, you're you're my wife's favorite part of this show. Uh, when she heard episode one, she said, "Whoa, how'd you get movie trailer guy?" So yeah, uh, happy to be soon. part of the family. Coming soon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for some upcoming, you will be the voice of the T O eight great weeks of the T Ocho show. Uh, but yeah, glad to be a part of this. Uh, Thanksgiving seems as good a time as any to sit down and talk about not sports. I just want to say, it's good to know that Adam is the best part of a two-man operation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, let's just be clear that Clipboard Brad really runs things. Now, we could save this for another time, but I want to talk about it now. I would All like right. to give Clipboard thanks to Clipboard Brad. Brad. Yes. Clipboard Brad. Yeah, Clipboard Brad uh, was named Clipboard Brad um, because he chases after fellow PR people, camera crews, uh, and other coworkers with a clipboard full of notes uh, at an event, typically sleeps two or three hours a night, and generally gets shit done, including the main organizer for this podcast. So, Brad... We give thanks for you today. Well, thanks, guys. Clipboard Brad is also the guy who handles the edits, so this is all getting cut out. (laughs) Uh, Also with us, our producer, Joe Reed. Joe, thanks for all you do. Also, thank you. I want to just throw it out there. Thank you to all the listeners out there. We've had a really great 
run on iTunes. Great visibility, people liking the show, positive feedback. Um, thank you to all of you who've been downloading us and listening to us. We had Chris Cluey on last week who had written a book, Beautiful, Unique Sparkle Ponies. I just want to let you know, if you're listening, you are the beautiful and unique sparkle ponies. Did Chris give you permission to use that? I'm sure. Tacitly, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, no one was bigger in the year 1992 than MJ. The question is, which MJ? Back then, Michael Jackson had released a multi-platinum album called Dangerous, and he needed to make a video for his song Jam. And who better for a song called Jam than Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan fresh off his first NBA championship on his way to his second. So MJ and MJ got together. That's not correct. Michael Jordan is fresh off his second NBA championship. I believe that's well, I'm not sure what when this was actually filmed. Yeah. We know when it was released. I tell you what, it wasn't Semantics. It wasn't the puffy Michael Jordan of 2015. <laughs> it's uh, not the Washington Wizards Michael Jordan either. That's right. So MJ and MJ got together for an all-time great 8-minute video. I just want to repeat that 8-minute video. This was a different era everybody on the internet that features everything you'd expect from something made in 1992. It's got trick basketball shots, it's got broken glass, it's got a heroic amount of record scratches, slow motion basketball highlights, heavy D, both members of crisscross, and most importantly, Michael Jackson bringing a bunch of kids into an abandoned warehouse in the woods with no adult supervision. <laughs> so Adam, is Michael Jackson the Michael Jordan of pop or is Michael Jordan the Michael Jackson of basketball? Michael Jordan is the Michael Jackson of basketball. Wait, <laughs> Michael Jordan is the Michael Jackson of basketball. Yeah, that's correct, right? Gareth, you agree? Yes. I Michael, mean, Ma hold on. Michael Jordan is the Michael Jackson of basketball. Okay, that'll work. That'll work. Somehow I'm stuck on trying to figure out their early careers, and Michael Jackson had a lot more success. Uh, with the Jackson 5 at a younger age as opposed to Jordan, who was famously cut from his team and inspired so many bad Wheaties box copy, so much bad Wheaties box copy going forward. So they had different... Yeah, no, Gareth, th that's fair. I mean, that's the Michael Jordan inspiring a few bad Wheaties is the worst that either of them was ever accused of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. I was going to say, th this all falls apart as we get into later era. I mean, I was like, boy, Michael Jordan, that Tumblr dedicated to how poorly he dresses is pretty funny. What did Michael Jackson do later on in his life? Oh, that's right. Yes. Well, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. It's all allegedly, allegedly on the Just Not Sports podcast. Uh, well, I, I, I agree with you. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, Michael Jackson was always varsity. And let's clear, let's clear this up because often miscited thing. Michael Jordan made the JV team his freshman year. He just didn't make the varsity team. So it's not like he was cut and then sat in a gym shooting shots by himself until tryouts came the next year. He still played. He just wasn't in the varsity started lineup. Is this a little too much sports talk? It might be. Look, that's narrative, man. That's narrative. I let, let's you, look. We all know that Michael Jordan, at this time in his life, was the hottest athlete on earth. He was unquestionably the best, most important athlete on earth. Michael Jackson was past his apex, but he was still really big. The, Dangerous was the new album in that era. It came out in '91. It was the number one album for a long time, displaced famously by Nirvana in what is now considered a cultural shift for people of of my age. I will say this about the video, just to set the tone. The song is called Jam. 
We'll get into what that means in a minute because I've got a few questions. <laughs> I will say the the video takes place in an abandoned warehouse. I believe, if, fun fact, it's the same warehouse where the Detroit Pistons 30 for 30 was filmed. Well, it was in Chicago. No, it's not that warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an abandoned warehouse. They put a they put a basketball court in it. They lit it all dramatically. And what you have is for eight minutes, basketball and dancing and Michael Jackson wearing an armband as though he's either Jordan on the court or Hitler or a gangster. Open, open to interpretation. He might be a blood. Yeah, uh, so this is the thing. It's, it's about basketball and frivolity and whatever it is the song's about. I think for this video, you really need to start at the beginning. Um, this video begins with a, after you get through the graphics, a six-second tracking shot going along outside of this warehouse before a ball flies through and breaks a window and then there's a lot of really hyper sped up uh, point of view stuff. You do not actually see Michael Jackson until a minute into this video. I mean, there's a. He's lurking. I mean, if you want to talk about a self indulgent era for videos, this is as good as they. This is November Rain esque in its self indulgence, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. Wait, Gareth. You, so you're gonna say you're gonna say that Michael Jackson made a self-indulgent video that harkened back to Guns N' Roses, and not say the guy who made Thriller did what he does, Touché. which is make videos like this Touché. about him. But then to the to that point, the first time you see Michael Jordan, the other MJ, is a minute thirty into this video, and he's in silhouette. Now look, you can say a lot about the reveals here. At the same time. Man, there is a lot of kids in a warehouse before you actually get to what you came for. Let's back up even a step before then. First of all, the ball goes through the window, but those of you who have accidentally thrown a ball through a window, it doesn't carve out a round shape. (laughs) No. (laughs) And secondly, when the ball falls into the ground, we see that it's actually not a basketball, but a what appears to be a basketball-like globe, a picture, a spherical world. It is not a true basketball, which represents what, Brad? Well, I would say, first of all, I mean, I I don't know. Let me just ask you this, Adam. Is the song about dunking or is the song song about jelly? The song is somehow about uh, world conflict, religion, a lot of deep topics, Looking at the lyrics until you get to Heavy D. We can get there in a minute. Yeah, I mean, the other thing about the the glass breaking, Gareth, to your point, I downloaded, so I watched the video on YouTube, but I download, I took the extra step to download the song on iTunes, and I, I laughed out loud on the train because the glass breaking is in the song. <laughs> oh, so you're like, right. When you hear the song, if, you, if you're 1992 and listening to this on tape, <laughs> you're just like, and then it's like, oh, okay, glass broke. Thanks, Michael Jackson. Should that have been a backboard shattering since this was around the time of Shaquille O'Neal coming into the league? I have no idea. I, can I, I – okay, I got to ask. Oh, you, Adam, you honestly believe that the song has a deeper subtext or meaning? Uh, I, I do. 
Until you get to heavy D. Can I please get to heavy okay. D? Okay, Gareth, we're going to indulge Adam as he gets into heavy D. So, uh, I mean, you look at all these uh, beautiful lyrics, like she prayed to God, she prayed to Buddha, I'm conditioned by the system. Um, very seemingly political, religious, world peace, heavy, if you will. but not heavy D lyrics. So you get to heavy D's chorus. First of all, let's talk about his outfit in this video. Uh, even by 1990 standards, Heavy D is dressed ridiculously. He looks like a 300-pound version of Blossom. Yes, the 1990s <laughs> sitcom. <laughs> Wearing a goofy hat, striped overalls, and dancing like an asshole. Is I, I don't know if you've seen Black Coffee, the classic Heavy D video, Heavy D can dance, but he mailed it in all the way. Lyrically, he mails it in as well. Here are Heavy D's lyrics. So, as we've we've set the tone that Michael Jackson was serious and was trying to make some message, whatever that message was, uh, maybe the same message that he had in Dirty Diana, I have no idea. Um, the, here's the lyrics. Jam, jam, here comes the man. Hot, Hot damn. damn. Yeah, I remember that part. The big boy stands, moving up a hand, <laughs> make, <laughs> making funky tracks. One man, Michael Jackson, smooth criminal, that's the man, Mike still relaxed, mingle, mingle, jingle, in the jungle. Bum rush the door, three you and should fours. Rap You're just reading it. Rap three, these. No, I'm not. Come going, on. No, Come on. No, I'm not going to give for you the your people, For the beautiful. Three and fours in a bundle. Execute the plan. First, I cooled like a fan. There we go. Got with Janet, then with Guy. Yes, Guy, the 1990s R&B group. Wait, wait. Now wait, with Michael, because it ain't too hard to jam. Stop. Got with Janet. Is he saying, I got with my sister? This is Heavy right. D you know, rapping. He, got with yeah, yeah, yeah. He, collaborated, he collaborated with Janet Jackson at some point. Although, But I'm, is he implying to Michael, oh, hey, I wrote this awesome track for your song where I'm banging your sister. No, no, no. He is counting the people that who he's worked with. Got with Janet, as in I worked with Janet Jackson. Then with Guy. Now, Guy, uh, if you go to YouTube, especially you young folks, you will see the excellent Jodeci-like group. You don't know who Jodeci is either. Sorry about that. I know that. Jodeci. You don't know. Yeah, but our, our listeners don't, and our producer doesn't either. Do you know who Jodeci is? Of course you don't, you young punk. Uh, now with Michael, because it ain't hard to jam. It's as if, here's how the conversation went. I feel like someone, I feel like the producer called Heavy D and was like, hey, would you, would you like to do a song with Michael Jackson? Uh, yeah, I'd be very interested in doing a song with Michael Jackson. What, what's it about? Uh, he hasn't finished it. All we have is a beat. Okay, great. I'll make this as vague as possible. And here we go. Well, okay, to that point, I think you're exactly right, because it is clear in breaking down this video in a Zapruder-like manner, Heavy D and Michael Jackson were at no point in the same room during the making of this no. song or video. Because, first of all, to go back, Adam, to your point about the way Heavy D is dressed, he is dressed like Blossom, which was perfect, but if Blossom went to prison, he is wearing <laughs> black and white stripe, <laughs> vertical stripes with a prison number not just on his shirt, but on his ridiculous hat. 
is does that make Michael Jordan six if he's Blossom? Oh, <laughs> I was like, just oh, the age six? Got it. Yes, I believe that it does. No, no. So first of all, that's well, I think Anthony might be one of the members of Crisscross, but that gets into the sad tragic backstory to some of this video which we can get into later but sticking with the heavy d section of this i mean (laughs) the only time you see he and michael in the same room michael or a stunt double is very out of focus and his head is cut off in the background or Michael's dancing with the back of a Heavy D stunt double in the foreground. I'd like to think that <laughs> the people that directed this did a very good job of selling the idea they were in the same room. But if you break it down, Adam, it really speaks to your point that Michael Jackson made this song. A record producer said, this needs something more. What could that be? Heavy D had probably just released Now That We Found Love. And they needed to get something. Yeah, he's hot. Let's throw him in. And then taking the kitchen sink approach to its logical conclusion, Criss Cross is just dancing. They, they do no rapping. They never open their mouths. Their role in this video is the part of it I understand the least. We have to put this into context. This was the era where Boys to Men had like a video where they would just be like, and here's the 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 East Coast family, and they're introducing a hundred people that you clearly have not seen on MTV. It's just a time when it's like, I mean, Jalen Rose has made a career out of talking about I'm in a hundred rap videos because if you were just around, it's like, come on, what are you doing today? Come on over, let's go get some food, be in my rap video, and then we'll go see uh, we'll go see Space Jam. Also, two years before Wu Tang Clan would come out, where you have 17 people on stage all with mics, an audio nightmare, as our <laughs> producer can understand. Yeah. Well, let me ask a question, guys, because we talked about Heavy D's rap, and we've talked about you know clearly Jordan's in the Jordan and clearly Michael Jackson was like. I want the number one, I'm the number one pop artist, I want the number one athlete in my video. The whole thing was created around them getting together, fine. I want to know, how close did the world come to a Michael Jordan rap on this song? Because it is like, the, the Gareth, you're a huge fan of Moby Dick, I think I might have even read a passage of it at your wedding. This is my white whale. They were in a studio, and, they, and he's like, MJ, you know you got, you, you got what it takes to make good music, throw it down. And I bet Jordan, this is the time when Jordan's like, yeah, cool, I'm great, I'll play baseball. He had to have recorded something. He did not show up there and not record a rap. I disagree. No. Jordan. He, 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 totally, he totally recorded a rap, and then they burned all evidence. No. Jordan is a control freak on a clipboard Brad-like level. <laughs> he would never let that happen. That's why the warehouse is burned down, because that was a studio. And they were like, this is terrible. Burn it down. Reboot it. Let's go. I, I am going to agree with Adam on this. <laughs> Jordan is a cagey guy. Remember, Republicans buy sneakers, too. He is as image conscious a person as has ever existed. And and look, him being a little self-indulgent on a music video level while playing baseball is one thing. But I think he knew his weaknesses here. Speaking of those weaknesses... Uh, As I have the video in front of me, I'm watching the last two minutes right now, which basically (laughs) – Amazing. I'm sorry to skip ahead. It consists of an extended dance lesson (laughs) from Michael Jackson to Michael Jordan that, again, goes on 
for a very long time. It just... Okay, I have a question because, Gareth, you brought up good points about how they really do shield the personalities in this. So Jordan is shadowed for a lot of it. You can't really see his face. You see his silhouette. The entire last sequence, I was wondering, is that Michael Jordan dancing or is it a body double? And then what they did was they took maybe some Nat audio of them trying to dance between takes and they layered it over. Adam, Adam's looking at me like I, like I just I'm not, told him there's no Santa. I'm not following exactly what you're saying, but here's what I did. Is Jordan dancing there, or is that a body double? Jordan is dancing, but do you want to know? I read about this. Here's a ridiculous <laughs> okay. thing Amazing. that happened towards the end of the video. So you hear Michael Jackson talking to Jordan, giving him instructions on how to dance, yeah. and Jordan responding to him. So it turns out that they were actually dancing. They were just... They turned on music and they told him, hey, do your thing for both the basketball and the dancing. So there was too much music going on for them to have actually recorded audio. So they went back in the studio. Michael Jackson recorded his audio as best he could so it would match up with his instructions he gave Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan did not go into the studio to record his audio. The guy who voiced Michael Jordan in the animated series Pro Stars... He went back wow. in and recorded Michael Jordan's voice for the end of that video. If you don't, if you're not familiar with the TV show Pro That's Stars, why I thought it was fake then, because it does seem like it's not meshing up. It, oh, you're right. It does okay. not mesh up because of the voices were dubbed in later. I never th- would have thought Michael Jackson would do something shady like that. <laughs> uh, I just uh, it's, smooth as somebody who works uh, <laughs> as somebody who works as a producer. I I salute them. For the ingenuity on that and using it to good get a good product now i want to dive into the person who directed this video is a gentleman named david kellogg and you know heavy d might have ended up on this because they had worked together once before kellogg directed a number of music videos including heavy d's we got our own thang t-h-a-n-g of course in 1989 but of looking course. over his filmography leading into jam David was one of David Kellogg's major film directing. It might have even been his debut, but it was one of his major films, which was Cool as Ice, starring Vanilla Ice. was 1991's David Kellogg contribution. Then he did Jam with Michael Jackson in 92, coming right on the heels of that. You would also know him for his, he directed the Inspector Gadget movie in 1999, but possibly most famously, he directed the American Express gas pump commercial starring Jerry Seinfeld. By the way, uh, interesting fact, Gwyneth Paltrow turned down the female lead in Cool as Ice. I could only imagine where her career would be now if she would have accepted. Is that true? (laughs) That's true. Oh my God. that's, That's either... That's fantastic. That's some deep show prep right there. Yeah, you're I welcome. had no, uh, I I'll, like it's like you stopped the show. Like we're all even Joe's like the producers looking at us like, hmm, interesting. Okay, Gareth, I have a question for you because you're you're on the production side of things. Adam and I were having this debate prior to the show, and just so people know, we don't like to talk about things before we go on air. We like to just to you know riff on it. But this is, I think, integral to understanding a key moment in Jam. First of all, Michael Jackson is clearly not good at sports. There's, <laughs> it, it's like when you're it's like when you're watching, you know, you watch a show and it's it, you know, someone's a baseball pitcher 
And you can just tell this person had never thrown a baseball before, and they just they're they're shot in a very particular way to make a guy who looks like Channing Tatum not look like you know Charlie Brown trying to kick a football. Gareth, there's a scene where Michael Jackson is throws the ball over his head, a basketball over his head, and kicks it with the yes. upper with the underneath part of his foot, like a like kind of like a horse like a horse trot kick, um, or rear a horse rearing back. The ball goes off his foot up and perfectly into the hoop. 1992 was that staged. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I think they were really going for uh, some real verisimilitude in this short film. And they wanted to put as many effects in camera as possible. They were not going for any sort of... Uh, staging or anything like that it was all about sincerity so i really think that was a move that he worked on for a long time i believe too that is uh he had to do it a while because it goes from one part of the warehouse like it it looks like it travels about a hundred feet as if i uh and recalling that shot correctly. Wait, no, he's like, you, no, no, you're, you're, you're talk, I, we're talking about two different. Yeah, shots. there's oh. another shot where he he throw like a ball is thrown across a full court, but that's clearly like oh it, you know you see him up close and then the ball shoots over. You know the scene where he kicks it with right. his foot, right? Yes. Okay, was that a real take or CGI? Because Adam, you think it's CGI? It I don't know if it's CGI. Not CGI, yes, it's but it's edited. Is it special effects? Yes, it's special effects. Brad, what are you five? Gareth, uh, it might be. I think it's real. I, I look. You, me too. Me, it's real. You guys are full of shit. It's real. It's totally real. Michael Jordan's based magic. on what? Or Michael Jackson is he's magical. Based on what is it? How it is seems it like that Tiger Woods thing where he's bouncing the ball in his club and he does it like a hundred times, and they're like, "That's our commercial. Just use that." Oh, you mean how they throw the ball through the window and it creates a perfect hole? Yeah, everything about this video is real. You guys are idiots. Well, the, you know what? Throwing the ball from one end of the warehouse to the other through the window is actually my least favorite part because they're going for this very gritty sort of feel. And, you know, to be fair to the, the to David Kellogg's work, like for 1992, pre-Nirvana, this was – kind of a cool video you know we're coming out of space jam you know michael jackson michael jordan two of the biggest stars in the world and then all of a sudden you have just this like ridiculous (laughs) cgi phony you know throwing it from one end of a warehouse to the other by michael jackson that to me takes me totally out of the world that this video has created of a moody backlit uh, warehouse where all this is going down with young children. Are we going to broach that topic, by the way? Michael Jackson settled his disputes, I believe, completely out of court. So there's no record of whether things took place. I, I may be wrong with that, but if, if not, just you know, just let us know. I, I don't want to get too into the allegations. Clearly, they're horrifying. You know, Gareth and I have kids. We're not about. We're not trying to make light of that. But. Toward this stage of his career, if you remember Michael Jackson's videos, kids are an enormous theme. He's around children all the time. So it's, it is difficult with the benefit of hindsight around you know, his personal life and, and what swirled around it to, to distance yourself from what was accused of him and, and what he was doing with his, his art. That said, the, the, the two children we should focus on are um, Chris and Cross. <laughs> and 
at this time, for people who are listening that are like younger, this was a real thing that happened. We're sorry. We let it happen. We we were there. Chris Cross were two young teen or maybe even preteen rappers. Preteen to teen, yeah. They wore their clothes backwards. That was their right. shtick. And they rapped. Um, and people distributed that rap and showed them wearing their clothes and made money somehow. So they were in this video. And to Gareth's point earlier, they had no role other than to jam during the pickup basketball game. Well, but, but they, not even jam. They hung from a pole <laughs> or a, a chin-up bar that appeared out of nowhere. It's like they went into a coat closet, strung this pole across the set, and they just hung from the pole in their backward shirts, which, by the way, if you're going to wear a backward shirt, have something on the back of it. They look like they were wearing they were wearing backwards baseball shirts, so it looked like they were wearing hospital smocks and black jeans. It was it's terrible. Yeah, that I would like to agree with that. The most ridiculous part of that is not that they're hanging out during the basketball game. It's that it appears that the basketball game is happening, and they've gone to a separate room with Michael Jackson to literally hang on a bar. <laughs> That is all they're doing. Um, And, Brad, to your point, I think I agree, and I think part of what this podcast is going to have to wrestle with is how these things age and how dated they appear. And I think in the context of the early 90s, Michael Jackson doing a video with kids, I mean, his demo was kids. That's who this was being sold to. So I think you can look at it as making sense in that way. What will never make sense is crisscross just hanging on a bar. During a basketball game, adjustable basketball hoops existed. I had one. You you could have. It's not like Jordan and Michael Jackson can't go down to a a Walmart and pick up like, you know, one of those adjustable hoops and be like, "Hey guys, dunk." Master P, who we talked about last week, he used adjustable hoops in video for make him say, "Uh." And now I know why because he saw this video. He's like, "I'm not. I'm not hanging from a bar." <laughs> uh, we've got a bar over here. Yeah, I'm not n- n- like. Nastia Lukin or, or or whoever like a gymnast is. And like. unlike unlike uh, both of you, I do believe they also had special effects at that time and could have <laughs> somehow CGI'd crisscross. Yeah, we're like dunking s- on a ten foot hoop. We're like six months away from Jurassic Park, and they're like, "Well, we want these guys to jam, so use this use this pull up bar." Guys, we gave all the money to Jordan. Guys, we spent the whole budget on getting Michael Jordan here and craft services for Heavy D. Yeah, and we've and, got no more left. And Sorry. Heavy D's prison clothes. All right, guys, I I want to talk about. I really want to talk about the purpose of the song and what the song is trying to accomplish. I didn't understand a single lyric in the song. It's completely indistinguishable. It's just like, like I. Did, did I'm this is a serious question. Like, Agree 100%. Unlike, uh, Agree 100%. Wait, unlike other Michael Jackson's other songs? Well, no, but I mean when you're listening to Smooth Criminal, you you could hear the Smooth Criminal part. Even Jam sounds like he's just saying like Jaya. Mm. Maybe, I don't know. No, no, I, I agree 100%. No. I have definitely in doing this exercise looked up the lyrics to Michael Jackson's Jam um it it is entirely unintelligible. I look. I don't know why this. I don't know why this song exists. All right, you guys. You have lyrics in front of you. Turn them over. I want to hear rustling papers. Turn them over. 
We're going to do a little game. I didn't understand these lyrics, so I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you a phrase, and, and you're going to tell me if you think it's jam or not gotcha. jam. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Adam, I'm going to start with you. Nation to nation, all the world must come together to face the problems that we see. Jam. That's right, jam. Ding, ding, ding. Joe, we got to get on that bell. Chris, we, I, I needed a bell for Chris Cluey, too. Gareth, that we wish to be observed appears from our own free will. Moby Dick. It's the Magna Carta. <laughs> but it, the, the answer, the proper answer is it's not jam. Uh, All right, Adam. Yeah. All the power in the same hands must lead to the same tyranny. No, I believe that's the Declaration of Independence. It's the Federalist Papers. Oh, it's close. Mm -hmm. It's close. James mm -hmm. Madison wrote that one. How about this? Face the problems that we see, then maybe somehow we can work it out. Gareth? I'm going jam. You're right. You guys are better at this. You clearly read that stuff. All right. They get harder. I'm not interested in laying blame. We are not settling scores. Adam? Ooh, this is getting harder. One more time? I'm not interested in laying blame. We are not settling scores. Jam. It's Paul Ryan's speech upon taking over as Speaker of the House. Uh, Gareth, confusions contradict the self. Do we know right from wrong? That's definitely jam. It is jam. It is. Okay, last one. Adam. That's all right, because my body's in motion. It's supposed to look like a fit or a convulsion. Oh, I believe that's the Humpty Dance <laughs> is the your chance. Do the, um. the point of that is, uh, I, I don't know who won. I, the, we all lost. The point of that is that... that <laughs> we all lose the, by this, this video being the, made. The song is absolutely a mess in terms of what it's trying to say. I mean, it's, it's, it's like fierce and very serious to the point where I'm, if you read the lyrics, you could fit half of it into the Federalist Papers. And yet the video is like crisscross on a bar and Heavy D being like, I slept with your sister, maybe. No. Well, sure. Let's go with that. Maybe he was. It was his first rap. It was Heavy D's first rap diss. And I don't want and, people to get confused. And the video is eight I love, minutes long. Yeah. And I, and I don't want people to get confused. I fucking love this video. I, this video is amazing. And, and the it fact that it exists is a treasure that belongs in the National Archives. What would, let me ask you this, musically and athletically, what would be today's equivalent of MJ and MJ? Mm. If you had to put an artist with an athlete, that's a good question. What is what would today's equivalent be? From but from '92, not like. His, but in 2015. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like '92, Michael Jackson was not quite 1985, Michael Jackson. Or are you just saying? Sure, but still yeah, an okay. iconic yeah. no, I, I, figure, I, you know and what? still at that time selling a lot. I, of I think, Brad. I think it's easy to say that. Look, and I don't want this podcast to descend into like Jimmy Fallon levels of nostalgia. But '92. I mean, I remember when these videos came out. It was still a big deal. I mean, my initial thing, my initial comparison was going to be Taylor Swift and LeBron James doing a song together. 
and her squad is so big that he might already be in it. Um, and I don't know, like he might have appeared at her Cleveland concert. Uh, I want to bring out to the stage the latest member of my squad, LeBron James, and they're going to do a song together. But to me, that was the the easiest comparison, and. I still think, even though he's a little older than she is now, he, or Michael Jackson in 1992 is older than Taylor Swift is now, man, when that album came out, when those videos were coming out, you know, Black and White premiered on Sunday night on network television. That was a huge deal. So I, I still think Taylor he was of the caliber of a Taylor Swift. I tell you who it is. It's, uh, it's Jay-Z and it's Tom Brady. Interesting. Because Tom Brady right now, in my opinion, is the most iconic. No, I mean, it, it's LeBron, right? But, it's LeBron. But, no, but, but, but Brady is a win, is, has a winner halo to him. And that he, like, he kind of dates he, or he's married to the supermodel. Like He's the biggest star to me. in. He's larger. Yeah, but LeBron has changed, though. Has had more impact on his generation of sports yeah. than than Tom Brady. It's a difficult question. But I guess the uh, maybe a bigger question is would it, would people care as much? Cuz as Gareth said, I feel like when we were kids and that video came on, it was like, wow. I cared so much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did too. Care. I still care. The first concert I ever went to was Michael Jackson's Bad Tour. So you better believe I cared about this video. Uh, Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan together. It was a big deal. If you saw a Jay-Z, Tom Brady video, it seems like what you see on Instagram every day. I just feel like maybe people would be numb to it these days. A Jay-Z, Tom Brady video at this point would feel like a blatant cash grab, which is exactly what this was in 1992. But as a 13-year-old, I didn't care. I was all in. I'm going to push back on that a little bit, Gareth. I, I don't think it was a cash grab because at Michael Jack, this was not like a single or like a, a, a like a new album. I, I think this was an era when people, when collaborations at the highest level were like just reserved for the cream of the crop. And I, I bet, I mean, at this point, Michael Jackson needs no extra money. Michael Jordan's at the, again, the, the height of his fame. I absolutely believe that these guys were just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with you. And Michael Jordan's like, cool. And they just thought this is gonna explode the earth. And then someone's like, let's get MC Hammer to be in this. And they're like, he can't do it. And they're like, well, don't you know Villain Ice? And he's like, I don't have his number. And then eight hours later, they're like, hey, Heavy D walked by. <laughs> can, can you see if he can come in here and do a rap song right now? Because we're losing the studio time in five minutes. Hey, I went to the all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Guess who I ran into? <laughs> and he's Heavy like trailing him like, hey, Michael guys. Jackson oh, it's too late. gone by that point. They're like, just cut it Heavy D anyway. No, I, I, I agree with you about, look, this is where I think it's fun to dig into the nostalgia of all this. I think, and this is what makes a podcast like this interesting, not to be too self-referential, I think this is something that was very much of a time where where you didn't have an Instagram to put this out every day. Look at me and my cool friends. This was a way to kind of floss who you hung out with or like to show how powerful you were, where we can hang out together. I, I, I see what you're saying in pushing back against this uh, in being a blatant cash grab. 
Um, it also it speaks of a time when music videos were that powerful, when a, an athlete at the height of his powers would be like, yeah, I'll show up for a day in L.A. just to not even open my mouth and dribble a basketball around so I can be in a music video because that was the best way at the time to increase your visibility. Yeah, absolutely. I also think there's another important factor. We all know Michael Jordan is the most competitive guy in the world. And I think this video hit after Remember the Time hit. And Michael or Magic was in Remember the Time. Now he didn't he wasn't the focal point of it, but he was like that was a whole Egyptian theme and it's the pyramids uh-huh. and he's like the guard the palace guard yeah. to Eddie Murphy and Iman. I, I I can't believe I I'm like dumbfounded I remember all of this, but I I'm being serious. Like I've like that's right, right? The, that is correct. You are correct. Yeah. Well, but I do think Michael was just like, oh yeah, that's cool, Magic. Uh, did you get your own song written about like jamming? Did you get a song written about cool passes? Right. I was the star of the video. You were supporting role. But I heard so I read that it did take a while to get Jordan to commit to this. Michael Jackson was in right away, but they had to find a space actually in Chicago in order to get Jordan to participate. Um, even this, the police uh, hired to be security freaked out when they found out that it was not just Michael Jordan coming, who they saw come to set first, but then also Michael Jackson was on set, and they uh, doubled up their police security for the week. Why, why don't athletes do this stuff more now? Like, are we just too cool for it or too cynical for it? I just it? think they, as Gareth kind of alluded to, they just have more channels of visibility. Yeah. You've got more self-controlled channels or by your marketing and PR people like us who uh, have, a steady of, have a steady stream of communication um, in motion on your behalf if you're a celebrity. You don't really need to. Yeah, I don't know. Gareth, what do you, what's your overall take on the video? I just love how i how crazy i think they approach it like it just there it is there's these long tracking shots the hyperkinetic video at the top um the ridiculousness of that and the incongruousness of him throwing the vid, the ball from across the the entire uh, warehouse into the basket, the two-minute dance lesson at the end i mean it is ridiculous it is over the top it is self-indulgent it is not just Michael Jackson. I mean, look, Thriller is iconic, and I think it had a point. This is totally pointless. Uh, you know, <laughs> like there's no arc, there's no nothing, and that's what I think is going to make it a fascinating relic. I mean, Brad, you talked about the lyrics just now. I wish you had thrown one out. This is an actual lyric in this song. She prayed to God, to Buddha, then she sings a Talmud song. I mean... He is referencing all the world religions in a song and video starring Michael Jordan, who I don't think cares about any of that stuff. It is, I think it's beautiful. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. it, it is a perfect a relic. Look, dude, I mean, I, first of all, Gareth, we're talking about a video where Criss Cross is hanging from bars and Heavy D is just hanging around doing dumb stuff, and your complaint is that Dressed Michael as prison Jackson— blossom. You're, yeah, dressed as Prism awesome. Blossom. And your complaint is like, this video didn't age well because uh, Michael Jackson referenced Eastern religion and someone hit a full court shot. <laughs> uh, 
at least Heavy D didn't hang from the bar. He would have snapped the shit out of that. <laughs> Heavy D, yeah. I, I, I don't know. There, there is an extended pickup game. I mean, we've unpacked every level of this. I mean, there is an extended pickup game at the end that I can only describe as awkward. I mean, it's, it's, it's like kind of half real basketball intercut with them goofing around. And, and I guess it's a little bit evocative of like white men can't jump in this era where pickup basketball still felt like street. And now it's like mellow is a, is a global business. <laughs> and it's just, and, and you know, and it doesn't quite, this doesn't know if it's art or if it's urban or whatever, but that's what makes it so great. I, I look back at this era and I think this is when videos were outlandish and silly and bizarre, but they thought they were not at all <laughs> those things. And that's what enables Michael Jordan to come up here and just hang around while Michael Jackson's got crisscross hanging from a bar and be like, yeah, that's cool. Like, let's do this. Yeah, look, I might describe it as self-indulgent. I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing. It's an era where people approached making a music video like making a film. And we look for better, for worse. And this is going to sound overdone. I think we've in losing that we have lost like an art form. Cause that was the golden, this movie, er, this movie, this music video came out during the golden age of music videos. And it, we are all worse off for having lost that. Or for now, it's only people like Taylor Swift who can make a good music video. So, yeah. Okay, just to close this up, Adam, greatest video of all time or greatest thing of all time? <laughs> Neither. I mean, but you, you'd you'd recommend people go check this out, right? I think that um, if you haven't already, if you've been listening to this entire podcast and haven't gone to YouTube for the video, I don't know what to say except rewind to the beginning of this podcast start the video, and put it on loop as we talk. This will all make more sense. Gareth, what's your closing take on this? What's your hot take on the video? Uh, go watch this video for a look into the weirder and forgotten side of the golden age, not just of music videos, but an early age of just not sports style artist-athlete collaboration. Yeah, Adam, what would you watch? What would you tell people to watch this video for? Um, to see a kid from Indiana with the worst jump shot in the world. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I would from say from the Hoosier State, in case I have to be more obvious, who can't shoot a jump shot, and Michael Jordan dancing like he has his feet in concrete. Right. I would say watch this video for Mac Daddy, but not for Daddy Mac. He's an embarrassment. He was terrible. His shirt was so backwards. It's embarrassing. All right, well, that's our show. Thanksgiving. This was this was just a little appetizer for your for your commutes. We'll be back next week with more guests, more just not sports, more breakdowns of other stuff. If you like the what you're hearing from us breaking down this old stuff like jam, feel free to send us some ideas, you know? Hit us up at um at gmail justnotsports at gmail dot com. Go to our Twitter at just not sports. Please keep coming to iTunes, listen to the show. Three-part process, subscribe, rate, and review. It's the last part, that engagement, that rate and review. It takes five seconds. It really helps our visibility. And we just want to say thank you to everyone listening to the show. Again, you're the beautiful, unique sparkle ponies of our life. Thank you, Chris Cluey. Uh, let's end with some shout-outs. Um, I'm going to shout-out our guest to date. 
we're closing out our first month. Chad Brown talking snakes, Shea Serrano talking rap and athletes rap. Hitting, uh, giving a shout out to Dana Barrows, who Shay credited as the greatest rapper who brought it so hard, maybe. And then Chris Cluey joining us last week, um, talking about his writing. Gareth, any shout outs? Yeah, guys, I just really wanted to give a shout out to Clipboard Brad and Adam. Thank you guys for keeping the lights on the first few episodes. I'm sorry I couldn't be with you, but now I am very happy to be here. Um, and wanted to shout out John McGrew, who a uh, Talawanda High School graduate with myself and Brad for providing us some music, and Joe, the producer, uh, all the people that, you know, work on this show, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Adam, any shout-outs? Yes, I would like to start with Joe as well. Uh, fantastic production job. Uh, you also sat here and laughed at us, which made me feel good. I really appreciate it. Uh, Shout-out to Gareth's wife for boosting my confidence and hopefully yeah. building a new fan following for me because, really, that's what this is all about. Uh, I'd also like to shout-out our future guests, um, A.J. Hawk and Amon Green, former Green Bay Packers. Uh, I've called you out now, so the pressure is on. <laughs> feel I, I want you to feel obligated Shots to come on the show. Shots fired. Uh, and finally, I'd like to finish uh, with some special shout-outs uh, to my boy Uzi, Def Jeff, Little Swanee, Meech, Ron Mack. Oh, wait, what about your other cousin, Ron? And my other cousin, Ron. Yeah. All right, well, thanks, everybody. And uh, booty rappers, stay booty. Oh, I'm bound to take flight.